0: Welcome, welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where I'm your host Janelle Renee, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I am here on season five's premiere. This is our trailer leading up to our episode that will be launching tomorrow. Um, will be a full episode today. I just felt led to come and connect because it's been a while. I've been off, kind of on my, um, on on my sabbatical if you will just kind of really just getting refreshed handling some things really thinking through the direction of where this podcast is going for this season and um in the future and just had to seek the lord on what it was he wanted me to um To to release in this season, what was it that he wanted to say? What is it that he wanted me to talk about? What is it that he, you know, wanted to speak and minister to his daughters? And so, um, I believe as I've sought him, he has released to me to this, um, season five's, um, title, which is Queens in the Promised Land. And I think it's so befitting because a lot of times I know from my experience, I know what it's like to be in a season of wilderness, right? I know what it's like to be in a season of, you know, suffering, a season of trial and tribulation, a season, you know, of going through the fire, you know, a season of where, you know, you just don't know where the Lord is leading you. You don't really know what's going on. It seems like chaotic, you know, it seems like everything may be falling apart. And so we know how to go through being those seasons, right? But what about when you actually are living in the promise, when you're actually living in the place of answer prayer? And so I believe the Lord really is leading this podcast into that direction because God is not just wanting us to know how to um maintain and know how to you know survive and thrive you know and 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 be able to you know be faithful in a season of lack or a season of wilderness he also can see the Israelites they yes they experienced the wilderness and they had to learn and they had to be tested and they had to be trained to depend on God they had to be trained to learn God's voice they had to be trained you know and on how to really depend on god for their total provision that they had no other options that they did not depend on themselves that they depended on god that's why they received the manners that their fathers knew not That is why he tested their hearts in the wilderness. That's why he allowed them to experience certain things because it was all about this this nation of people that he had birthed, that he had birthed out of Egypt who didn't really know him, right? They knew of him, but they weren't really serving him in that capacity. They really didn't know him as their, you know, as God Almighty, as he revealed himself to them as God Almighty. And so, you know, they had to be taught. They had to be, um, you know, they had to be built up. They had to learn. They had to you know be tested, he had to see what was in their hearts they had to learn you know how to worship him you know it's a way to worship God we're not to come to God like he's any old god like he's any old king no, he is the most holy god, so it's a way to approach him and worship it's a way to reverence and honor him right they had to learn that so the purpose of the wilderness is not about you know take um discipline or it's not always about correction it's not always about you know some consequences a lot of times the lord We'll use the wilderness to prepare us for the promised land because God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And he did that with Israel. And we've seen that even a whole generation cannot go to the promised land because it's that important for you to be prepared for your promised land. Is that important for you to have the right heart, the right mind that it is that important for you to be, um, unapologetically, um, steadfast in your faith and in your, in your trust and in your dependency on God. And because there was a generation that had come out of Egypt that just the Egypt didn't come out of them, and they constantly were grumbling, complaining against Moses, and grumbling and complaining against the process, and you know they wanted to go back to Egypt every moment that. Things didn't go their way. They were talking about, oh, why would you bring us out here to kill us? Why would you bring us out here to die? Oh, we could have stayed in Egypt. We had melons. You know, we had this and that. At least we have food. We have fish. You know, we had all these things because sometimes when you're not properly processed in the wilderness, you will you will still have an appetite for that place of oppression. And so because they still have that appetite, the father cannot allow them to enter into the promise because they was just going to contaminate what God had gave them. Right. And so the wilderness has its purpose in this place, whether you're in a wilderness because of choices, whether you're in a wilderness because God put you in one, whether you're in the wilderness because, you know, something, you know, has tried to come against you maybe the enemy you know has tried to come against you you know because again we know as in Job that the enemy you know he wanted he came against Job right it wasn't necessarily that Job had any fault it was because the Lord suggested Job and God allowed Job to be tested and so again sometimes the Lord just allows it but whatever reason it has a purpose God does not do anything without intentionality and purpose and so yes we need to know how to you know how how to stand firm on our faith. We need to hold fast to our faith. We need to learn how to trust God like never before. I know me, my wilderness, I had to go back in the wilderness and I, I didn't like it. You know, I mean, I was really upset with God, um, for many reasons because I had been in a wilderness already. I had been in a season of lack. I had been in a season of poverty. I had been in a season where I had lost everything. I had been in a season where I was being afflicted and under, a uh, you know, extreme warfare. I had been in a season, you know, where, you know, everything was falling apart and I just didn't understand. And I was just in a lot of pain and anguish. Right. But the reason why God will sometimes allow us to go back into a wilderness is because he did everything. Didn't come out the first time. Maybe we got out the, wilderness premature and so God had to allow us to go back in it and yes I can say that I put myself in the wilderness because I made some wrong choices because I did yes I can say I forgot the Lord even though that is the one commandment that God continually you know impressed upon the people of God the, the Israelites the Hebrews he said do not forget the Lord thy God especially in Deuteronomy 8 Go study that out before um, tomorrow's episode so you can get a really good understanding of what was the purpose of your wilderness. There is purpose in your pain. I know that's cliche. We don't like to hear it. I don't like to hear it, but it is true because God says all things work together for your good. That means even your pain, even your wilderness, even your suffering is not in vain. He has to work it for your good if you are believing that the word of God is true. And so you would get an understanding like how he broke down, you know, how Moses broke down, why they had to go through certain things in the wilderness, because God was testing them. God wanted to see what was in their heart. God wanted to see, was they going to continue to, you know, um, to obey him? Was they going to follow the commandments he had given them? Was they going to keep their word? Was they going to honor the covenant that they had made with him? Right. And so there was reasons for them going through certain things, their dependency that again, men are being provided from heaven and they had to, you know, gather what was given for each day day that whatever was left you know it would you know dissipate or it would rot and they would have to they couldn't you know gather into the next day because God is a God where, when he's teaching you oh it's a beautiful butterfly you guys I'm not in the studio again today I am out at another park um and a beautiful yellow and black butterfly just really um, flew past me and it was just beautiful Um because God you know he is he's going to give you enough to satisfy your needs in that day because he has to get you to learn how to depend on him totally so instead of him giving you you know more than enough giving you you know a, a supply that'll last you you know maybe some days some weeks he'll give you your needs met daily, you know, your daily bread. You know, the Bible talks about give us this day our daily bread. And that daily bread is a reference to that daily manna that they got. They had to receive the provision of God daily before he could take them into the land of promise, the land of increase, the land flowing with milk and honey, a good land, the land he promised them. They He Because even in your increase, even when you're living in the season of answer prayer, you still have to depend on God and the way that he that he chooses a lot of times to, um, build that dependency up in us is a, he'll strip us from anything that will cause us to be self-reliant or full of pride, right? Or be self-righteous. So sometimes you will lose your job. Sometimes you will lose your house. Sometimes, you know, you, you, you know, you will go into a financial crisis and, and sometimes maybe you don't lose your job, but maybe you just make enough. You just make enough to pay, get by. You just make enough to pay your bills. You don't have overflow. You don't have access. You know, you can't save. you know, you're kind of living check to check. And he doesn't do that to punish us. And again, we always have to go to the Lord to ask, you know, get confirmation as to why we're in our season. Are we just mismanaging our money? Are we just not budgeting? Right. Are we overspending? Are we living beyond our means? Like there are practical things that can contribute to these um, to these different um Things that we may experience. However, the Lord will do that for a, to us for a season because He is teaching us. Yes, this is a resource, but I'm your source. So whether you're the resource He chooses to bless you with is a is a job. Whether it is you know uh, your own business, whether it is you know you're married and your spouse is the breadwinner, whether it's the Lord, you know, just you know provided for you some kind of abundance of money, you know, whether you come into some kind of settlement, whether you come into some kind of fortune, whatever the case may be, right? Uh, whatever Whether you get a job, you know, executive position, whether you become a CEO, you make a six figures, you know, whether you hit the lottery, whatever the case may be, right? The Lord is still your source. That is a resource. He is your source. So what he wanted to st- show Israel because he always had it in mind to take them to the land of plenty he always had it in mind for them to be in the place of living in their answer prayers to to really be in that place of abundance but he needed them to know that even when you're in abundance I'm your source never get out to a place where you're you think you're so comfortable right or you're so secure in the provision or in the resources that you forget that the source is the is is God Almighty so you know it's a purpose right and it's all for prepar- it's all for preparation because there will be a time where you're going to cross over, right? The wilderness did not last forever for um, Israel, and it did last a little longer than originally anticipated because of the choices that they made. It was supposed to be an 11-day journey. It turned into 40 years. I'm here to testify that I've had that kind of experience myself, where maybe the season wasn't supposed to be so long, but because of The lesson I didn't learn, right? I I needed to go back around the mountain. So sometimes you you feel like I've been through this already. You feel like why why this is so familiar? You find like you feel like I didn't already went through this, but sometimes it's because whatever the Lord was trying to teach you or show you, you didn't you didn't listen or you didn't um learn the lesson. And so it's so important for us to be prepared for the the promised land and living into and living in the place of answered prayer. So. You know, I just really want to just admonish you guys to, like I said, read Deuteronomy 18, eight. Excuse me, not 18, but just read Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 is a very um, well-known scripture because it's where he said that he has given, um, he has given you the power to gain wealth. Right. He has given you the power. That is that, that is it. That is that dunamis power. He has given you that, um, power to gain wealth, meaning that he has empowered you by his, by his power, by his spirit, right? Um, by his might. He is giving you the power. He's empowering you to gain wealth. He has given you that ability. He's giving you that gift. He's giving you that talent. He's giving you that idea, right? He has opened that door for you. He has put that favor on your life. He has brought that person to be a blessing to you. It is he. Right. He has given you the power. It doesn't say you gave yourself the power to, to gain wealth. He has given making it to where we know that we have to go back to him as the source of the power of our wealth. And so that's a very um, common scripture. And a lot of people use that scripture, um, especially maybe if you're doing some declarations over your finances or whatnot. And that's a good thing to do. But understand the context It's not more it's not so much about wealth then it's more about understanding where the power for the wealth came from again knowing that it is the lord thy god that is your source and so again reading deuteronomy 8 i feel like it just gives you a better breaks down more the depiction of the purpose of why god allowed them to go through the wilderness and they had to experience some of the um pitfalls that they had to experience right it was again for the preparation because that time for them to cross over the Jordan to enter into Canaan was going to happen and even if that means he has to separate you from some people to go back to the reason why a whole generation could not enter into the promise right because God knew their heart they were not going to you know be able to have success because the because the Lord told Moses and he declared to the people Obey the commands that I'm giving you this day that you may have success in the land I am giving you. So there is certain obedience that is required for you to have success in this land of promise, in this land of answer prayer. There is obedience that's required. There are instructions God has going to release to you or may have already released to you that you have to obey. Even he told Joshua, meditate on the word day and night that you will have success in all that you do. Right. It is all about the word and it's all about the obedience to the instruction and what the commandments that God has given to you and those that are in the word of God. And so there is it's always going to come with a prerequisite, if you will, or a caveat to say, yeah, God will take us into the promised land. But we have a we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to, you know, obey the, the word of the Lord. And so. In reading that, you will see that, yeah, it starts off with him saying, you know, the reason, the purpose for the wilderness, what he had to do, his purpose for testing them, how he tested them. It breaks that down and then it goes into him revealing the type of land that they're about to enter into and he goes into detail and describes the promised land talks about it being a land of copper and silver and gold and it's a land where you know uh uh, figs and pomegranates and you know a land you know of an increased flow of milk and honey it's a good land it's a land of fruitfulness it's a land of abundance they're gonna build big beautiful houses and all of these things so it was a land of total um overflow right and so, but again, he had to let them know that this was the process. I had to take you through this. And even if I had to kill off a whole generation, not to say God's killing off people, but sometimes God may, um, cause you to separate from people and it may be some of your family members and it may just be, you know, relationships, friendships, old coworker relationships, old you know, relations from old oh, ministries, or maybe he might re- totally remove you from a ministry or a place of employment or whatever the case may be, because those other people that he is removing you from are not able to enter into the promise that he has for you. And so when you have a understanding of the purpose of how, what the process of God and understanding that you will go into your promise if you are obedient, right? If you fulfill, if you allow God to process you and prepare you, if you allow patience to have its perfect work, right? We don't, I know I don't like that word patience. I'm not the most patient person. The Lord is working on me. I lo- I want what I want and I want it in the moment. I don't like to wait but God don't, you know, he don't move at, you know, our every whim. He moves when it is the His perfect time for it to be done. And so we have to learn patience. Sometimes it's long suffering. We got to suffer longer. We have to endure, you know, a season of, you know, long suffering because God ain't moving yet. God is again, maybe still processing. So there are certain keys that you really need to take hold of in your wilderness season so that you are able to unlock the doors to the kingdom as you reign. And rule in your promised land and in the land of answered prayer so um the scripture that the lord i've been meditating on and that i believe the lord really um is um honing in on for me especially as we are um entering into season five and and this season's um this season is titled queens in the promised land there is um a scripture in first Samuel 1. First Samuel 1 27. Um, you guys um also maybe want to go and read the whole chapter and you know, maybe meditate on um verse 27. But it says, and I got the King James version right here, but it says, For this child I prayed, and this is talking about Hannah, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Um, and if you read it in another translation, um, and the Lord, I think in the NIV it may say, and the Lord granted my, the request I've asked of him. So basically, Hannah is saying, like, I prayed for this. And the Lord has given me what I prayed for. She is now living in the land of her living in her, the land of answered prayers. She's actually received what she has tarried for, what she has, you know, been praying for for years. If you know the story of Hannah, and that's why reading that whole chapter, chapter one is so amazing. It's so important because it'll give you more context. And maybe you might find yourself in a similar place as Hannah, because Hannah, you know, she prayed for years. She she was, um, you know, barren and childless for years. She went um, years being, you know, provoked and and, and and really being taunted by, you know, um, her husband, Elkina's other wife, Panaya. She went years in that state. So God didn't answer her prayer immediately, even though she was constantly going before the Lord. She was constantly praying, but it was this one time in this particular season where she went, um, as they went up to go to, um, offer their, um, annual offering to the, at the temple that they did every year, you know, Elkanah, he was a righteous man. He was from the line of of the Korathites. He was a Levite, you know, and so he was a line from the priesthood and he, and so he, he made sure even though in that in that time that the priests were not really operating as they should um if you really do um some backstory of what was going on in that time you know there wasn't a lot of godly um activity going on a lot of corruption it was a lot of you know the commandments of god the statues the ordinances of god have been you know have fallen away and people have just been influenced with corruption and evil and been influenced by the pagan nations around them and so but you have this man now he had two wives for whatever reason, um, because that was not something that God really, um, was permitted. That was something that God really, um, you know, he, he really did not, you know, allow, or he did not, it was not permissible to him. Like you can, you, we all have free will, so you can make your choices, but that wasn't something God, you know, was, um. He, he allowed Elkina and others, he's not the only one that have multiple wives, um, to make that choice, but that does not mean that God, you know, agreed with it. It doesn't mean that, you know, God was okay with that choice. It's just that we have free will but who's to say that maybe the reason why Hannah was barren, because Hannah was the wife of um, Elkina's love, he loved her so much, so he would give her a double portion, that's a word in, in and of itself, um, because some people are going to receive a double portion, a double blessing in this season, God is going to honor you, because he's seen your affliction, he's seen your plight, he's heard your cry, he's seen your anguish, your agony, your despair, your brokenheartedness, you have been crying out to him as Hannah has, and he's seen it and he's heard. And so, you know, he'll give you a double blessing. You'll have double before your trouble um, in Jesus name, but Elkanah loved Hannah. And so he loved her and he was very, um he expressed it very outwardly. So even his other wife, Paniah, she knew he loved Hannah. Everybody knew it. He didn't hide it, but it was the fact that Hannah had no children, which is the thing she desired the most. And Panaya, this other wife who was less loved, but she was she was fruitful. Her her womb was open. And so she was taunting and tormenting Hannah every year. You know, the Bible said that she was always, you know, every year as they were getting ready to go up, you know, go to Shiloh, to the temple to offer up their sac you know, their yearly um sacrifice that she was being taunted and tormented by, you know, by Panaya. And so, again, God knows that some of us have been taunted and tormented. The enemy has been taunting us, tormenting us. Maybe even phys- physical people may have been mocking you, may have been, you know, coming against you secretly um, you know uh, persecuting you you know they may have been talking about you talking behind your back gossiping about you maybe because the situation you find yourself in maybe because of what you're going through and because you know they may think you look you look stupid because you keep on believing this promise that you said the Lord gave you but the, in their minds he ain't showed up yet whatever the case or you're believing for this breakthrough and it ain't happened yet and meanwhile you're seeing everybody else get a breakthrough in a certain an area that you need a breakthrough in, God sees that. But Hannah was experiencing that, and you got to know she experienced that for years. It wasn't a one time thing, it was happening every year until the Lord decided to look in her direction. And this is it was this one time that she went into the temple while Eli was sitting in the temple at the door of the temple. And she was crying, her, pouring out her heart to the Lord. That's what it says in the word that she was pouring out her heart to the Lord. And but she she was in such anguish and she was going through such agony that her mouth, there was no words coming out of her mouth. But her mouth was moving because sometimes you get to a part where it's out of your heart. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, God can hear even our secret prayers from our heart and so sometimes you have prayed or you could pray verbally and you just are in anguish and you are just so broken you're so heartbroken you're in such agony that you you just all you can do is your heart is crying out to God and God heard her cry but Eli thought she was drunk He like when are you gonna put away your wine you know and she had to tell him no I'm not drunk and don't you know don't think of me as no wicked woman I am here pouring out my soul pouring out my heart unto the Lord you know I am a woman in great anger you know she was letting him know like no this is me doing the best I can to cry out to God for this request that I am asking of him and then Eli blessed her and said well may God request with your petition go in peace and God indeed he indeed answered her petition and so there's a time where God is saying okay I have heard your cry I've seen your anguish. I've seen your despair. I've seen the torment and the torture. I've seen the persecution. I've seen the mocking. I've seen those that's coming against you in secret. I know the enemy has been, has been really, you know, um, coming against you. All the warfare you've been experiencing, all the no's, all the lack, all the denials, right? Every door that has shut in your face, but you remain faithful to see what did Hannah do. Hannah didn't go to no other source for her anguish, even, for what her heart's desire is she didn't cry out to another god she didn't go sacrifice to another god she went to her god even though the bible is clear that it is the god it is god who closed up her womb when you first start reading the chapter one it says god closed up her womb and so I was just like, Lord, why'd you close her womb up? And it doesn't say, but that's why you spend time with the Holy Spirit and let, let the Lord reveal that to you, you know? And so there's much speculation, many commentaries out there that, you know, have, you know, different, you know, opinions about why her womb was uh, closed up. But what we do know for sure is God closed it. But it was also God that opened it. So even if there are doors that God Himself closed in your life, maybe He shut the door on some opportunities. Maybe He shut some doors, you know, on some business um opportunities. Maybe He shut some doors on some promotions. Maybe He shut the door on that marriage and that relationship. Maybe He shut the door on your womb. Maybe you, maybe you're barren, right? Maybe you know He shut the door on your finances. But it is the same God who shut the door who will go back and open that door and when you. You cry out to him when you stay consistent and persistent and you keep coming to the feet of Jesus you keep crying out and going to the source of your strength which is the Lord that you don't go to other avenues you don't go to other gods, you don't try to seek an answer and go to a psychic or a reader or a spiritualist or an or a root worker you know you don't go to a diviner you don't go to the witch doctor you know you don't go to the person that you um, know operates in the old call and go ask for some crystals you don't go do those things you stay committed and you stay faithful and you stay crying out to God, God is going to hear your cry. And he does hear your cry the first time, but there's a, po- a point in our cry that where it becomes a groan. And it is the groan that comes up before God. In the same way, when he delivered the people of Israel from Egypt, he said, their cry has come up before me. Now you gotta know that they have been crying probably for that entire 430 years they were in Egypt. But it was something about the that cry. It was something about that cry in that season, in that time that got the attention of God where he said, you know what? I now got to go get a deliverer. I got to answer this cry because it has come up before me. I need to go get a deliverer and deliver my people. That's what it do. Like when you got, when you consistently, take your problems take your issues take your agony take your pain take your anguish to the lord don't take it it's nothing wrong with venting to your to your prayer partner it's nothing wrong with venting to your closest part, g- girlfriend but it's something about when you go to the only one that you know has the who has the power to change your situation and that is the lord when you know and you know that you know that you that you can you, you can go to any person in the world you can go to your parents you can go to your you know your best friend you can go to your pastor your Preacher, but guess what? None of them are God. It's a time and a place where we come to the we come to God for ourselves, and we just remain on that altar until He blesses. We got to get a wherewithal like Jacob and say, "I'm not gonna let you go until you bless bless me." So if I got to come into that secret place, if I got to enter into the secret place into the holy of holies each and every day, and cry out to You and pour out my heart and be broken, because that's what He says that He doesn't require sacrifice, but a broken spirit and a contrite heart when you're able to remove that pride and that ego and just be broken before God, that is when you will see that he'll move on your behalf. And Hannah was so broken. She wasn't afraid to be broken and bare in front of him. She exposed all of her inward parts to him and say, God, I need you. God, I need you to, to turn my situation around. God, I need you to see the anguish of your your servant, to see the torture, the torment, to see the agony. I need you to see this, the, the brokenheartedness. I need you to see the turmoil. I I need you to see the persecution. I need you to see the ridicule and the mocking. I need you to take notice of my circumstance, Father God. I know that I can't do it on my own. I can't get myself out. Lord God, I can't go to my husband. I can't go to my sister. I can't go to, you know, the pastor. I can't go to anybody but you. Only you have the key. Only you have the answer. I'm depending on you. I need you to take notice of your servant and I need you to move on my behalf. I need you to answer my request. When you get to that place, you will notice that that is when you will see uh, things begin to shift and see hannah left that place and her her situation did not change immediately she got blessed eli said may the lord grant you what you have asked for him and go in peace and immediately she got up she cleaned herself up she went back to her husband to her household she ate and she was fine because it was something about when you know you have touched the hem of his garment come on now Lord God when you have touched the hem of Jesus garment it is something about that virtue that flows out of him that even when it doesn't change in the natural in that moment you know in the spirit there was a breaking you know that something has taken place in the spirit and it's a matter of time before the manifestation in the natural is going to come to pass and see Hannah got up and her situation didn't change physically but something changed in her her perspective changed you know she had a breakthrough internally she realized that she had touched the feet of God she knew she had entered into that secret place and God had heard her and so she had peace you know the man of God told her go in peace she had peace she was no longer in that turmoil that anguish she was able to get herself together and go back she wasn't even eating before she before she came to the temple the Bible says she was just in crying she was in anguish she wouldn't even eat her husband like what is wrong why are you not eating why do you look so despondent why are you so sad am I not better to you than 10 sons He like I love you I love you with everything I give you a double portion I pour out my love on unto you you know i love you i don't care that you're barren i i i love you with the, with the love of god he's like listen is my love not enough but because she had a desire come on now it, it, it's like it wasn't that his love wasn't enough but she still had this desire this 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 desire that she needed to be and desire wanted to be fulfilled and so she wasn't even eating and she was but by the time she left from pouring her heart out to God Almighty. El Shaddai, he's the God of more than enough. He is Yahweh, the covenant keeping God, right? He is a God Almighty where he can open a barren womb. She knew that she had got, she had connected, right? She understood, she believed that God had heard her. And she believed it was just a matter of time before God was gonna answer her. And she was able to get herself together. She was able to eat and go back and live life as normal, even though things didn't um, immediately shift. But then it, it goes on to say that when they got back to their house, when they got back to the place where they lived, they had to make a journey from Ramah to Shiloh to offer up their um, yearly um, offerings and sacrifices. When they got back to their house, her husband knew her. And when you read the Bible and it says, husband knew her, that meant they had intercourse. And, and, And then it says, and the Lord remembered her. Come on now, somebody. The Lord is remembering his daughters. The Lord is remembering his people in this hour. The Lord remembered her and she conceived. But see, she also made a vow. Hannah made a vow to God. Hannah made 'cause sometimes you get to a place where you are so desperate for God that you're like, Lord, whatever it is you want from me, whatever you need me to do for you, I'm gonna do it. I need, if you just do this thing for me and there's nothing wrong with that. Hannah made a vow that she would give her son to be a Nazarite and that she would give her son to the Lord all his days. If the Lord would bless her womb and call, and allow her to be um, fruitful and to, and to have a child and she kept her word. So when the Lord remembered her, she conceived, she had a son and she kept her word She eventually went and committed him back unto the Lord all the days of his life, not even knowing because here's about the thing about faith. When you keep your promise to God, because it tells in Ecclesiastes that it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow to the king and not keep it. So it's better for you not to make a vow than for you to make one and not keep it. She made a vow to the Lord, not knowing if the Lord was a going to answer her prayer and not knowing B, if she would have another child. But she kept her word. And because she fulfilled her, the word, the vow that she made to the Lord and took her son and committed him to the Lord all the days of his life in faith. The Lord blessed her womb and she had about four or five more children. But she didn't know that she kept her word because God kept his word. He honored her. He again, it says, for this child I prayed and the Lord had given me my petition which I asked of him she knew it was the Lord God who had answered her request so she understood that it was only right for her to be faithful to the God that was faithful to her and in in turn she received more blessings she had more children and so you know I don't know I just felt the Lord was really impressing upon me to come and just do this trailer I'm gonna end it here um because I know the Lord is really gonna um pick up on um tomorrow when we really release the first episode of queens in the promised land but it's to say that there is coming a time and your time is the time is now and it may not be physically in this second in this moment but now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen so it's a now it's a right now that god has heard your plea he has heard your cry it has come up before you before him excuse me and he will answer you the what you requested of him right and again no this ain't for everybody know your seasons know your times know where you are seek the lord for confirmation right take this back to him and you know meditate on it seek holy spirit to really unpack and reveal it even more if it is your word but no like this it does sound good and it's easy to say to yourself when a word sound good you just want to grab hold of it you want to lay hold of it but be f- very careful because what each word is it comes a responsibility of stewardship you have to know how to steward that word you it's not enough to receive it but you got to pray over that word you know you're gonna have to you know really commit yourself to really seeing that word through and and you know and so there there comes a responsibility and then with some words come warfare because the enemy doesn't want it to manifest in your life so you really want to make sure it's your word and you want to know that it's your season and your time. And if it's not, don't be disheartened because your time will come, right? He's a good God. He ain't no respecter person. He's not just doing it for some and not doing it for others, but we're all at different levels in our journey in different places. And so every word is not going to be for everybody. You have to know that and just please don't take a word just because it sounds good for you because you might enter into some warfare that you're not ready for. And so just wait on the Lord, whatever you do, wait Wait on the Lord, and He will be faithful. He is faithful to a thousand generations. So I just pray that this blessed you. Um, again, look at the scriptures, read Deuteronomy 8, the entire chapter. You can meditate um, on that chapter. You can read and read First Samuel 1, and you can meditate um, on verse 27 but just really you know take the time and 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 read and meditate and you know and seek the Lord you know on revelation um in these through the scriptures and and to really speak to you and speak to your heart right because he don't desire just to speak to you through a person he wants to speak to your heart directly so go to the Lord and know that your past does not de-